to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. We know Dwayne White well, and um, I'm going to tell him Nathan said that. I'm just kidding. Well, no, maybe I'm not kidding. Um, You guys can be seated. I do want to point out that um, when Ben was up here, I think his shirt says American football. So I'm just so curious. Do you love it or? Oh, I'm so uncool. A British band? Really uncool. Well, how about that? But, you know, we had that little thing called the Super Bowl last week, and um, we have just all the parties going on in America. Ah, I'm so glad to be here in the UK, segueing away to that. Um, and I'm so glad to be with you. I love this church. The Brownbacks and the Bingers are lifelong friends, and I'm just so glad to be here. And I had the, we were here uh, almost a year ago, and so I got to meet some of you, but I'm excited to meet more of you. And also, I'm keeping myself hydrated because we just traveled, but I have spilled the water all over my notes. So we'll just see what happens here. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good because we're just here to be ourselves together, and that's all I want to do. But myself is a bit of a nerd, so you can put this first thing up. The title of the message tonight is Entangled, and um, I did a little study in... I um, you, you wouldn't know it from me not knowing that American football is a band, but, um, but I really did want to be culturally relevant, and I didn't know if the Big Bang Theory had uh, aired over here, but it has, indeed. And the thing about the Big Bang Theory in America is that critics hated it. They said it was formulaic, it was dumb, it was reductionist in terms of the characters and all that. Didn't matter what the critics said, the people loved it. And I don't know if that happened in the UK, but I just want to say it, it symbolized the time of, of the nerd has come and that we are, we are lovable. And Dwayne White and I and Paul, my husband, um, we go back a long, long time. In fact, Paul did their wedding. That's how far back we go. Can you believe that? And um, he always says, like I'd always say, yeah, um, I'm a little bit Sheldon. And Dwayne, reassuringly, he would always say, Perian, you're not Sheldon. You're just Leonard. That's what he said. So I know you have to know the show to know that. But, but that was him being nice because sometimes I'm just Sheldon. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. God really wants to work in you the way he wired you. He is not trying to rewire you. He's trying to get you back to the original intention that sin messed up, but he took care of that. So that's why the church mold of pressing anybody to a norm-based Christianity is insidious. And Icon Church is all about the image of God stamped on you originally that lo and behold, Jesus totally redeemed, thereby giving me permission to be even Sheldon, but not exactly like Sheldon, if you've seen the show. So having said that, here's a little bit of nerd humor just to get started with. You can go ahead and put that up here. Here's one. I'll I'll read this one first. After I drink coffee, I like to show the empty mug to the IT guy to tell him that I've successfully installed Java. He hates me. So I would have thought of that humor. 
and he would have hated me. Now this one, this is my favorite, and this actually makes me laugh out loud. There are two kinds of people in the world. Number one, those who can extrapolate from incomplete data. Okay, so help the person who's next to you. (laughs) Help someone get that if they didn't. And really, I just, uh, I love putting those up there because it gets you in the frame of mind to laugh and to be free and to just uh, relax. Are y'all okay? Did did, did you explain it to someone? (laughs) It was incomplete data. That's what happened there. Okay, so this this is a picture uh, that I love to show this next slide. Um, there's a scripture in the Message Bible, Psalm 40, verse five. This is basically my life philosophy. And I'm pretty sure it's your pastors as well. The world's a huge stockpile of God wonders and God thoughts. And since the cross, since redemption, they're all accessible. Redemption makes them all wonderful. God gave all the trees in the garden except the one. And we don't have to just stand by the tree of life in fear. We can explore the huge stockpile of God wonders and God thoughts because there's things to be done out there. So this Venn diagram, do you love Venn diagrams? I so do. Things overlap beautifully. On the left, you have science. And on the right, you have art. And in the middle, you just have the word wonder. And I submit to you that wonder is the door to worship. And that sometimes we're trying to Not here, not in this place. But there are people out there just trying to force worship and they've not relaxed into the wonder of our God. And if you haven't done that, I would just shut your mouth for a while and spend some time in wonder and wonder at creation and then let that lead you into wondering at the cross. Because he didn't die to just affect a get us to heaven thing. He died to redeem all creation and the wonder of it all is immense. So that's kind of where we're going tonight. Now, one example of wonder is this thing called fractals. Do we have any fans of fractals? Any graphic designers in the house? Thank you very much. Fractals are these repeating patterns that you will find all through nature. They're God's design. Trees branch according to an exactly iterating, repeating pattern. Rivers branch that way. Your lungs branch that way. It's just beautiful And it's evidence of God's wisdom because it's highly efficient. So you can start looking at life through the eyes of the patterns of God, and things are not random. They're sensical. They're, you know, God, show me your branching in my life. And this is all through nature, and there's a whole branch of mathematics. It's very cool because it deals with the world as it really is, not just perfecty little shapes. And I declare to you that we're living in a Christianity that can deal with the world the way it really is, not just perfect little behaviors. And so fractal geometry is relevant. Now, also, the next slide shows you the fact that these are just fun. These are, fractals are like, whoa, God. And these are just hilarious. And so I want to say that the wonder of God is also a bit of whimsy. Now, I'm sure that you could give me great reasons. I'm sure that a lot of these amazing creatures have real reasons to be the way they are in nature. But also, there's a real reason for the brain, brain chemistry that just enjoys them. And everything God does has purpose. I love that you're pointing to them. Do you have a favorite? I love that. <laughs> Listen, how can you say... Like as geeked out as I get on all of this other stuff, how can you say that our God is not a blast? 
Because look at that. There's whimsy going on all through creation. There's whimsy in me and you. <laughs> Aren't we whimsical? They have fascinating names. Um, I don't know, monkey-faced orchid and things like that. Romans 1 actually tells us that creation declares the Godhead declares how he is. The Bible tells us that creation tells us who he is. So that, let's don't forget the whimsy and the fun. And then if we needed more, we could just look at, this is an artist's rendering of Ezekiel chapter one. I personally call Ezekiel the rock and roll prophet. He's like no other and he sees things. And this is an artist tried to sketch out what Ezekiel saw in heaven. So how could we ever think, I'm not even talking about this tonight. All I'm trying to tell you is this God we serve is full of creativity. There's wheels with eyes and creatures with eyes and wings and things are creatures with four faces. Read it. I'm not making this up. It's in the Bible. It's Ezekiel 1. Our God is so much more exciting than people have been told. And I know Icon Church is busy telling them the truth that there are worlds and worlds to explore. So here's a summary of that. This is Colossians 1, 18 through 20. This is kind of the great big picture view of it all. It's from the Message Bible. It says, He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there towering far above everything and everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. There's room for you and you and me and all of our ways. There's room for everything. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. Jesus likes to join things that have been separated. It's a passion of his. And he likes to join dead dreams back to life. And he likes to join people that have been ostracized back to the family. He likes to join anything. And the next slide is one of the greatest quotes I've heard recently. In the, in the scriptures, it says in Genesis, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And I heard a guy say this, this whole thing is just a walk in the garden. Why did Jesus come? Why is God's spirit yearning? Because he wants to just hang out with you. This whole thing is a walk in the garden. Isn't that beautiful? And all the complexity and all the beauty and all the technicalities of redemption, and there were some, or for that goal, that we could hang out together. Now, the thing is that when I hang out with God and walk in the garden, we might have a conversation about quantum physics. You might not. I hear by your silence that you're thinking, not what I thought she was going to say. But you know what? You might have a conversation with him about football. And I mean British, the real thing. Ooh, I said it not the band. <laughs> you might, he wants to talk to you about what you're passionate about because he might even have hidden surprises for you in that passion of yours. And I guarantee you, he's the expert on it, whatever it is. So I, years ago, missed the memo that science and God didn't go together. I missed that memo completely. I was a stranger to it. So as the whole time we've been God chasers, God seekers, God finders, I've also been tracking 
what's happening with the research about this small realm. Quantum physics is just what subatomic particles, what things that are tinier than we can see do. And guess what? They act more like energy than matter. And when you find out the ways they act, they act like the spirit dimension. And so I'm like growing in the Lord and being this geek that I am, and I'm learning about the ways of faith that there's this unseen realm that I can cooperate with that will manifest. Because really it's not separate from this realm. It's just that I'm not used to seeing it. I'm pressing into these truths, and lo and behold, the physics labs are saying, wow, particles can be particles sometimes and energy other times. And I'm thinking, wow, that really works. I'm thinking that when things travel at the speed of light, there's a, there's a parallel here to what happens when the word of the Lord goes forth and the speed of light impacts matter. I mean, I'm getting faith for healing from the physics labs and everybody else is going, oh, science and God. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I haven't always been popular, but today's the day of the nerd and I'm here. So <clears throat> it was building my faith all those years. And now I think there's some Christians that have written books about it and more power to them. But I just want to tell you, this wasn't a study I did to put myself on the map. This was my journey of walking with the Lord in the garden. So one of the amazing things about quantum physics, and you may have heard of it, and the next slide has a picture. (laughs) None of these are real pictures, you know. We don't have a picture of subatomic particles. Uh, But someone tried to draw it for you. When two particles interact they can get entangled. It's called quantum entanglement. So these are, these are smaller than the atom. These are subatomic particles. When they get entangled, whatever happens to one affects the other from then on. Even when they're separated by time and space. When they have a similar origin, when they're birthed together, they can be entangled. And so they can be removed. In fact, the next slide moves to the distance. Um, They've done this. They've proven this. This is not theory. They've proven it in the lab. In 2017, quantum entanglement was demonstrated, and scientists successfully transmitted entangled photons between a satellite and Earth at a distance of 1,200 kilometers or 750 miles. In other words, they proved that they took two particles that were forged together, tied together, entangled, that they had interacted so they were permanently in relationship with each other. And they separated them 1,200 miles, and they treated one and the other knew it. And the other responds. Einstein was freaked out by this. He called it spooky action at a distance. And he, to the end of his life, struggled because the math says that this happens faster than the speed of light. But the speed of light is the cosmic speed limit of the universe, so that was an impossibility. And that's why he called it spooky, spooky action at a distance. I want to submit to you, it's not the least bit spooky. It's me and him. It's you and him. It's us and each other. It's the prophetic. It's faster than the speed of light. It's immediate. It's immediate. The technical word for it is non-locality. And it means that the thing, I could be standing here and something in another dimension is acting on me. That my life is not explained by the local. 
And you guys are a church based in a local environment, but your existence and your ethos and your, your spirit destiny is non-local. In other words, you're being acted on by forces. You're being knit together. You are being entangled. This is, isn't it? The universe is declaring the preach for me. And everything about believing in Jesus is that you became entangled with him at the cross. So this is the Hubble telescope of the, um, this is, people say it looks like a cross. So I thought it's the structure at the core of the Whirlpool galaxy that I don't need it to look like a cross, but people think it does. And it kind of does, right? But the thing is, whether I have a visible demonstration of it or not, somewhere in a cosmic realm, the reality of the cross has already entangled me to Jesus. And in fact, you were entangled with him at the cross. You only found out about it later and said yes to it. And so he acted on you before you were born. In fact, we were entangled with God because he created us in the first place. So when Jesus came and died, he was dying for creations already entangled with the Father, but with a complete lost awareness of it. Let me read you some scriptures. These are not on the screen, but I'll just read them to you. Um, What I said was, quantum physics sounds like the deeper nature of what was going on in the cross. Ephesians 1, 9 and 10. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in Christ with a view to the administration suitable to the fullness of times. Here we are. That is the summing up of all things in Christ. Things in the heavens and things on earth in him. Do you hear the entanglement? 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And what's crazy in those entangled particles is they're complementary. So if you flip one this way, the other one, 1,200 kilometers away, flips the other way. And it's like he took on our sin so we could take on his righteousness. He flipped one way so that we could flip the other. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? It's such a great lens. Uh, 1 Corinthians six seventeen. Whosoever, whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Entangled. The walk in the garden restored. You are more than meets the eye. You're entangled with the king of kings. What? How amazing is that? And these subatomic particles bear out his wisdom. And when we look at this, there are eyes to see how he's made provision for the universe. Christ is the great joiner of all things. So you don't have to get somewhere you're not. You have to press into where you already are. So I'm going to now get real with you. Not that I haven't been, but I'm just, uh, I was turning to Paul just then. I was like, you know, so funny. Many of you I've never met before. Many of you I've known once before, but now I'm going to give you a true confession of myself. And I put of a, an American church leader, and then I put a thinking American church leader. And I thought that'd be a good joke to tell you that they do exist, (laughs) but you've had Dwayne here. So, you know, they do exist. And um, so I just want to tell you that even for many years in my Christian life, I kind of had a, not a phobia, but a a trigger. (laughs) I got triggered by the word obey 
Because you know how you'd hear people say, and especially in some of the, the preaching I would have heard in the Bible Belt, it's like, all this goodness of God, yay, all the goodness of God, if you obey. So I really did have a thing in me because I'm quite aware of what I'm capable of doing wrong. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm quite aware of that sort of thing. So it was like they would proclaim the goodness, but they would always stick in that caveat. And so I would go away and really agonize over, okay, but, you know, get strenuous over meeting the condition. And I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say the promises of God are conditional. Well, yes, no, well, I'm just telling you, that's no way to live. That's the point. That's the point. It's no way to live. God didn't, that's not a walk in the garden, is it? That's a strenuous boss-pleasing thing. And surely this God who I was seeing in the spirit dimension is better than that, and he is. So what I began to learn was that there was a grace that was a lot like quantum physics. So I have this slide that says grace is quantum, and here are some reasons why. First of all, the word quantum in our daily vocabulary has come to mean sudden and significant, and I like the word bursty. You know, like a quantum leap? That's what atoms do. The electrons leap in packets. They burst. Grace bursts upon you, and if you're called to obey, grace will burst upon you if you just say, okay, Grace bursts upon you to carry out the action God wants from you, so you need not fear. Quantum grace. Number two, it defies common sense and locality as we know it. Grace acts on you far beyond your own strength. So you don't have to take an assessment of your religious development. You just go, grace, come. It's good to grow, and you can grow, but you're not left to your own strength. Isn't that good news? It's a walk in the garden. Number three, it is my entanglement with God. He put me into him on that cross. Of God are we, 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, in Christ Jesus. He did this. It's my entanglement with God. I didn't have to work for it. I didn't have to earn it. And I still don't have to work for it and earn it. All I do is cooperate and enjoy it. Don't forget to enjoy it while you cooperate. And then number four, it lets me live in the reuniting of realms that were never really separate, but sure seemed that way since the garden. Quantum grace is the grand entanglement of the universe. I don't care whether you ever use the word quantum again, but I care that you understand how big this grace is. It's so much more than just by grace we're saved through faith. It's everything. By grace we obey. It delivered me from my performance anxiety. Because I realized whatever he wants out of me, he will put in me. In fact, he already has. And so there was no conditionality in the performance sense. It was simply a walk in the garden of his love. So you don't have to fear messing up like you would in school or at work or any other way that you would fear it. Okay, so I want to give you a glorious little snapshot of quantum entanglement. This is what I called this. And here is, uh, here's the scripture, and I'll ask you the question in a minute. It says, and this is from the book of Ezekiel, and this is Ezekiel talking. He said, he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. 
Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet, and I heard him who spoke to me. Did you catch what happened there? He said, stand up and I'll speak to you. Then the Spirit entered him and stood him up and spoke to him. So the question there is, who did the standing up? Isn't that beautiful? They literally overlapped. They were entangled. Ezekiel was told to do a thing. Listen, I was just reading one day and I came across this and I went, there it is. Ezekiel was told to do a thing simultaneous with the Spirit of God raising him up to do it. And so we miss it when we separate it like us and him. When we separate it like our performance and his pleasure or displeasure. When we separate it like it's a tennis match across a net. Because in fact, though this not demonstrated in every single scripture, I believe this is a really good snapshot of how Christ in you produces the work through you. Which yields a rested life where you can finally be yourself, that you're longing to be free to be anyway, and you don't have to constantly nervously police your performance because there's a God who is putting it in you while he says to do this. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, Go ahead. I think, uh, did I have two versions of that? We can go ahead and go to the next one because I think we don't need to read that second one. The one that says, there we go. Yeah, go ahead and go to the next slide. There it is. Okay, this is the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. And um, you might know this story. It's in the book of John. It's, it's a very frequently told one It's because it's an amazing story where Jesus crossed cultural barriers. And the woman was caught in adultery and brought to Jesus. And the Pharisees were saying, the law of Moses says, stone her, but what do you say? And Jesus just stooped down, you remember, and wrote in the sand. And then he said, well, genius. He said, let him who's without sin cast the first stone. Do you remember the story? And then he stooped down and wrote again. And when they'd heard it, one by one, they left her because no one could cast a stone. And when he was left alone with with her, uh, Jesus said to her, woman, where are your accusers? Did no one condemn you? And she said, no man, Lord. And then he said, neither do I condemn you. Go now and sin no more or leave your life of sin. And I've always thought about that. And I've always thought his words to her had the power to set her free to do what he told her to do. He didn't just go say, go do better, try harder. He empowered her because what happened? His love had just gotten entangled with her. His love had wrapped her into a permanent relationship with him, an intimate moment. This is not just technicalities and atoms, it's intimacy. And when he said, go and sin no more, don't you know she was permanently affected no matter how far in time and space she was removed from Jesus in that moment. Those words entangled her. So I'm gonna sum it up with this scripture. They had become entangled and you have too. So well, this is what we're really saying. Again, whether you ever use the word quantum again, oh, use it just for me, it's fun. But, but the point is this. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 from the message says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion, 
come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. The original intention I had for you when I created you. I'll show you how to take a real rest. (laughs) To be yourself. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. If we can have the worship team come, we're just gonna pray into that as we close. But isn't that it? Isn't that everything? That's what I'm saying to you. Whatever area you're struggling, I'm sure all of us have areas that we're, we know we want to grow. This, tonight, there's an invitation to just let go of that struggle. These are the unforced rhythms of grace. We serve a God who gets glory by you being yourself. That is astounding, and the religious can't bear it. But it's what we're called to bear. It's what an icon church is all about. It's the image of God redeemed. Oh, so good, isn't it? So as they begin to play, um, if you just want to focus on what's going on in your own heart, if you have any struggles, if you had questions at the edges of your mind like I did about, what if I can't pull that off, that obedience? Just know God's more about the walk in the garden than the act he wants out of you. And sometimes, you know, I really believe he'd rather have you spend time with him and discover your entanglement with him then produce an act and walk away saying, well, it did that. Where's that? So Father, I just pray all over this room that people would just let your spirit take and translate what's been said here tonight. And Father, for some, I do believe there's some sudden, bursty, significant things. And for others, there's just a sense that they're handing some struggles back to you. And Father, above all things, would you just, we just invite you to make it so real by your spirit that this is your desire. This is your central core. Somebody here needs to know he's really just wanting to walk in the garden with you. This whole thing is just about a walk in the garden. And just like he is happy to talk to me about science or art or whatever. He really wants to talk to you about the things that concern you and not just topics, but questions. So Father, I thank you that you're opening the door to further relationship tonight for people. And that Father, we just say yes. It's all Ezekiel did. He was willing to be stood up. So we receive the God of grace, the God of all grace. And we receive the strengthening that comes from that. In Jesus' name. I just want to encourage you to find a friend and share and encourage each other in the days to come. Thank you so much. And I'm going to turn it back over to Nathan. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. 
If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.